It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. We continue with another episode from our archives, this one with Hall of Famer Mike Singletary. He joined Charlie Coiner and I for an in-season series we did back in 2018 called The Game Plan, and Coach Singletary talks to us about linebacker play, some of the things he'd look for at the linebacker position, as well as some things that adapt to the game today, like defending the RPO from the linebacker position. Just a ton of insight here into the game from Coach Singletary. I know you're going to enjoy this one. I'm joined by our guest host, Charlie Coiner of First Down Playbook, and we're really excited about the guest we have here today. Coach, I don't know that we need to make much of an introduction. I'm pretty sure anybody who is involved in football even a little bit knows this guest, and that is Coach, former player, probably the best linebacker of all time, Mike Singletary. Absolutely. We don't we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about what coach has done. I've been fortunate, Keith, to, to have coach work with us at First Down Playbook. And it's did not know coach before that point in time, uh, even after having been at the Bears uh, myself for five years, uh, I, I never had the opportunity to meet coach. But I met him after we started this company. The thing that jumped out at me was that everything, he, he has advertised, I guess that's where I'm going with this. The man is the consummate football guy uh, from when he was a player to a coach and, and just how he cares about the game. It's, it's funny, if you look at any of the, the documentaries on him and things like that, uh, you can see where even his wife knew very quickly that he, he was going to have to be involved in football. That's just who he is. So what I thought about for this podcast was – you know, just looking at the game, how it's changing, and it's constantly evolving. But I wanted to, to try to get Coach on here to talk about playing the Mike linebacker position. And that's that's kind of like a front row seat in the theater for the RPOs and for the hurry-up spread offenses and everything. Because the Mike linebacker, right smack dab in the middle of the defense, seeing everything that goes on, and, and obviously a big part of having to diagnose that. So who better than the best Mike linebacker ever put the pads on than, than Mike Singletary to come on uh, come on the podcast and talk to us? When you think of Mike Singletary, the, the, the picture is almost iconic. You see him standing in the middle there with those eyes just super focused. They're almost scary. I, I don't know if I'd want to be on the other side of the ball with that guy just looking at me. 
Um, but I think the perspective we're going to get from Coach today is uh, pretty unique because this is the guy who has played at the highest level, who has excelled at the highest level. He's coached in the NFL, uh, coached some of the best in the NFL in his, his time both as a linebacker coach and then as a head coach. And this particular season, he's actually in Texas at Trinity Christian Academy coaching high school ball. So now he's got that perspective of what is it like to coach the high school player. And when he's finished up with that, he's going back to pro football with the Alliance of American Football and coaching, being the head coach of the the Memphis Express. So uh, just some great perspective here. I know we're going to pick his brain about especially how offenses have evolved and how that changes things from the perspective of the Mike linebacker. So I'm really excited to hear about what he has to say. I am too. Once again, I, I talked to coach quite a bit with first down playbook, but this will be really, this will be really fun getting to pick his brain about really the Mike linebacker position and, and the guy that has done it best period over, over the history of football. Well, let's bring coach on here. And I know we're both excited to hear this conversation. Coach Singletary, it's an honor to have you here on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much. Coach, thanks for being with us today. Obviously, we've gone through the past 13, 14 weeks here with the Coach and Coordinator podcast, and we've picked out different topics. And what I've been really had on the calendar for a long time was to get you on here because we wanted to talk about just really that, that small box of guard, center guard, and obviously the quarterback and however many backs are in the backfield. And we've all seen your eyes, Coach. You're famous for that. And we know that the intensity was always tied into that. But the thing that we want to talk about today a little bit, or as, as much as we can with you, is exactly what were those eyes seeing? What are you looking at as a Mike linebacker as you're standing there four, four and a half or whatever you are off the ball? What, what if you were coaching a high school Mike linebacker, where would you start teaching him and, and kind of break down what, you, what your eyes are looking at? Well, I, I think the first thing, Charlie, is, is really, as you look at the line of scrimmage, and I was thinking uh, this morning about how football has evolved. When I was in college, high school and in college, the time I was playing, where you could just follow the football, and it was going to take you to the running back or to the tackle. And as I started playing and, and really did a great job of following the football, you know, they started running different things in terms of the counter plays and, and more power plays and misdirection plays. And so I, I had to do a better job because I was following the ball and all of a sudden the ball was going in a different direction. And, and I was, I thought I was following the ball. So <laughs> I really had to do a great job of, of focusing in on the guard center guard and look at the guard center guard read through looking through the guard center guard to the quarterback and the running back and begin to study that box and as I studied that box it I felt that I got more successful but it's really important that you don't look at the running back quarterback it's really important that you don't just look at the guard center guard you have to kind of look at them simultaneously at the same time and so as I began to do that, I just began to study it. And as I looked at film, you begin to see certain keys. You begin to see that if a guard is going to pull, maybe he's a little tighter toward the center so he can get out a little earlier. 
regard is going to pull, maybe he's he's back a little bit. It's about maybe a half step. And if they're a really well-coached team, it, it's tougher to, to find the one that's going to give you the tip. But nine times out of ten, you're going to find that guy. But you have to, you really have to study it. But that's really the key, and that's what I try to get young Mike linebackers to really begin to zero in on those keys. And nine times out of ten, you'll, you'll be successful. So, Coach, if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, what you're, you're essentially saying that you're looking through the guard, center guard, to the backfield, but, but your primary focus is with the three linemen right there. So you just hit on it, and, and I, I would have bet a lot of money that you were, you know, having right now being involved with high school football and, and keeping up with football the way I know that you do. The game has evolved so much. So, you know, back in the day, when you were playing, that quarterback was probably at his hands up underneath that center. It was really probably where you could walk up there and kind of talk to him a little bit. Now they're back in the pistol. They're back in the gun. Sometimes in the pistol, that, that running back can be right behind him, right behind the quarterback or offset. Is there anything about the new version of football that we're seeing offensively today that, that I don't know, you would coach a little differently? Or how, how do you approach that with the pistol and the gun? Well, when you look at the pistol and the gun, it, it kind of depends on now you have to study the depth of the quarterback. You have to study the width of the running back. How close is he to the quarterback and what is his relationship to the quarterback? Is he a yard away from the quarterback? Is he two yards away from the quarterback? Is he a yard behind the quarterback? And the placement of the running back as it relates to the offensive line, for instance, if the running back is beside the quarterback and about a yard, and he's also back about a yard, I might be thinking power. Now I got I to gotta check the offensive line and see if the right guard back or is the left guard back because – now you're telling me which one's going to go. So I'm looking for a counter play or a power play, and the guard is, is kind of leaning that way, tilting that way, and the running back has just about a yard back to take a step back and then go forward. So to give alignment time to make his move. So it's, uh, it's interesting, and for someone who's been doing it a long time, I have to remember that I kind of fell into this whole thing. It wasn't something that someone taught me. It was just being able to study film for so long that you begin to see things be more true to you. Coach, with some of the evolutions in offense, when we're talking about the RPO, we're talking about pistol as well, a couple of things come to mind and questions I have in that regard. Let's start with something simple with with the pistol and in studying the pistol and making a transition to it um, myself as a college coach I started to look at NFL film and teams that were doing it and what I saw was that they would be in the pistol and run the ball out of pistol and maybe throw the ball out of pistol but if they wanted to go to play action a lot of those teams initially were going back under center and Charlie and I actually talked about this years ago one of the transitions we made which I thought kind of helped it a little bit was we started, uh, for lack of better terms, reversing out after we caught the pistol snap to get the quarterbacks back to the defense. When, so when you're looking at that, you know, the eyes of linebacker, especially Mike linebacker, how critical is it for that play action, or how tougher is it, I should say, when that quarterback 
turns around and the ball is gone. Because you mentioned early on, you know, one of the first things a linebacker, you just learn to, to see the ball, follow the ball. That manipulation of, of the football and hiding it from the defense, how much more effective is that than, let's say, the typical gun where you see essentially the quarterback is right there with the ball in front of him and the ball really doesn't ever uh, get hidden from the defense? Well, I, I think that in today's game, I would love for the quarterback to get underneath the center. Because now when he's underneath the center, chances are I'm going to mug a little bit more mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to do things at the line of scrimmage that if the quarterback is going to reverse out where he's hiding the ball, nine times out of ten, by the time he turns around, he's got a linebacker in his face. And so I, I think that I'm going to do all that I can to pressure the line of scrimmage to make that quarterback want to get off the line and get back in that in that uh, position of, of uh, shotgun. Mm-hmm. So looking at, at that then in, in terms of the RPO, and we talked about reading through that guard center triangle, and I've seen it both with play action too. I think a lot of teams, whether it's play action or RPO, you have 100% a run read, but then the ball comes out. Like I studied, for example, Stanford in, in looking at play action, and Stanford got to the point where they were essentially, let's say, blocking power, and pulling a guard like they would on power to show 100% run, but then they're running play action. I think you see the exact same thing with the RPO now, whether that's a zone scheme or a gap scheme. Your read tells you run, and I know a lot of this then really comes to assignment football, which we could get into a little bit, but in terms of that, how are you coaching up, especially the Mike now, in those situations to make him more effective against those types of plays? I think the RPO, it, it, it makes you more, yeah, it makes you a lot more disciplined. I think you have to have your mind made up in terms of a really now I, I got to get more into what do they normally do in this situation because I can't trust, I, I, I can't trust what I'm seeing. And now I got to know what the facts are. Uh, the facts are when it's uh, second and sixth, Nine times out of ten, they're going to do an RPO. They're mm-hmm. they're, they're going to they're going to play action out. They're going to get the ball out, and and so I I now I got to go to the stats because I'm I'm just not being able to to trust what I'm seeing with my eyes because the O line they're going to block the same way. They're going to go the same way. It doesn't matter. So I got to be more disciplined in my game, and that's where the coordinators really begin to earn their money in terms of understanding. I cannot look at this and really read it true because they really don't know whether it's going to be a run or a pass. Mm-hmm. So they're going to look the same. So I got to make sure that, that I know what they do now in terms of if it's second and, and five, if it's second and six, when, when would they normally run a draw? When would they throw the ball outside? So that's when I, I really have to know what I'm doing in terms of the stats of the game. So coach, as you, as you look at that, and and we've had once again several defensive coaches on here that have coached from the NFL on down, and and, and every single podcast we, we we talk about the RPO, and we've had everything from one of our defensive line coaches that coached at the Redskins talked about just how almost every play the the linemen were downfield and was illegal every time that they they ran some of those RPOs. But it seemed to one of the other common themes has been that you need to figure out what you're trying to stop, meaning most defensive coaches still want to stop the run first and, and figure the pass out. Do you still, I mean, I, I know at one point you probably played for Coach Ryan felt that way. 
is that still something you adhere to or, or are you just right now going back entirely to what you just said where you, you just kind of got to diagnose it by their tendencies? Well, I, I think it's really important that you have the philosophy of the offense coordinator. Does he like to run more? Does he like to pass more? Because, yes, you can say, well, it's always really good to be able to stop the run. And if you can stop the run, then, then you can probably win the game by making them one-dimensional. But at the same time, in today's game, you know, when Bill Walsh came up with West Coast offense, the way he passed the ball around, the way he tried to get all five receivers out at one time, Bill Walsh had the philosophy that I'm going to get this ball to either a running back, just I'm, I'm going to put him in a route, I'm going to get the uh, the wide out. I mean, by the time I go 1,001, 1,002, the ball's out. And so now he was always thinking, if I can just get the ball to somebody in within 1,001, 1,002, ball's out, uh, that is like a run. So to a lot of coordinators today, a short pass, getting the ball into a playmaker's hand and letting that guy head up field, that is a run to him. So it's, it's important that, that I'm looking at what is the philosophy of this offensive coordinator? What am I dealing with? What is the thought process? Now I have a better chance of being able to control that offense. Coach, you mentioned the importance now of that coordinator when we're looking at you know the RPO and, and knowing tendencies and I think extending that into the study of, of film. What's your advice to that young Mike Singletary, whether he's a player or a coach, who wants to study video the way you did, and I guess the application to some of the evolutions that we see right now? Well, I, I think I would always start with go to the basics. What, 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 are, what, what are the basic things that I need to do? The first thing I need to do, I need to really study that box and really look guard, center guard, through to the quarterback and the running back. Now I need to look at when we stop the run in that situation or looking at the down and distance. Let's, let's go there. Let's look at what do they like to do second and five, second and eight, second and seven. When, when are they more likely to run a screen or a draw? Then I'm, I'm going to go through the progression, reading those keys. Now I got to read the stats. Now I got to go through the philosophy. What is the philosophy of the offensive coordinator? And for me, if I'm, in, if I'm talking to a young middle linebacker in high school, I'm going to keep it as basic as I can. I just begin to look at these keys. If I'm going to the college level, I'm going to take them to the next level. Read your keys, look at the stats. I'm going to the professional level. Look at the keys, look at the stats. Now study the philosophy. Now you got them all covered. But it really comes from being able to sit down and study the film because I don't care what the situation is. Somebody's always talking to you. And that's the thing about uh, when people saw my eyes, when I was trying to see everything that was in front of me, I got to the point where I had to go not just to guard, center, guard, but I had to go guard, center, tackle, Mm -hmm. and even back up a little bit and go guard, center, tight end because – the offense is always talking. They, they always, there's always someone that they have to get a little bit to the left, a little bit up, a little bit back. I got to look at their body movement. I got to look at where the running back's eyes are looking. Are there any patterns that I can find? 
Are there any patterns where the offensive, uh, let's say the tight end is backed up off the ball, but he's looking towards the other side? And how deep is he? Is he two yards back? Is he one yard back? That lets me know that he's coming across. He's coming back across to block somebody. So all those little things, it's a fascinating thing, and it's so exciting as a middle linebacker to be able to look at that and begin to have it talk to you. So uh, that's the thing that I constantly tell young linebackers. Looking at coaching now and how it's evolved, technology helps the game in a lot of ways. It's helped us learn the game, I think, a lot quicker in some terms. But I also see, especially at the high school level, guys, I call it a copy and paste mentality. They see something work for somebody, and they go and adapt this, and they've pulled this idea to that idea together. And I see what they have is more of a collection of plays or a collection of defenses rather than a system. And I think more than ever, as we look at how offenses are attacking us, that on defense there needs to be a system too. When you have that system, now the linebacker can understand all the things I'm studying on film. How did I fit that into what we're doing instead of every week coaches coming out with a new scheme? How, how have you been able to balance those kinds of things you know, over the course of, of, of your coaching career as, as you've installed defenses and coached linebackers really getting them keyed into the system and how things work for them within everything that's going to happen with, uh, with those guys in front of them who essentially, in some cases, will end up protecting him? I think that it's, it's really important, depending on which side of the ball you're on, whether it's the offensive side of the ball, whether it's the defensive side of the ball, I think what it comes down to is you have to develop. The good teams that I have seen are the teams that develop an identity, not only a philosophy, the first thing I have to do is know who I am. I need to know my personnel. I need to know what I can and cannot do. I need to know how talented we are. And it's important that you look at somebody else and you go, oh, wow, they, they can do it. That looks pretty cool. I want to do it. Well, mm-hmm. they've got a quarterback that can do that. You don't. They have an offensive line where they can do those things, and you don't. And you're wondering, why is it that they're able to do it and it's working for them and it's not working for me? Well, I, I think a lot of times you have to go back to what is the personnel? The personnel, I don't care what I like. I don't care what my philosophy is. If I don't have the wisdom to look at the players that I have and ask them to do only the things that they can do and I can teach them to do, we can't be the flavor of the month every week. We have to make sure that we decide who are we, what is our identity, what do we do well, and we have to go with that. Coach, that makes so much sense, and, and once again, we see that at all levels. Something that just jumped out at me as you were talking, particularly at a Mike linebacker position, I spent a whole day with a high school that was in the playoffs, I don't know, 10-1, 11-1, something like that, uh, Fulton High School here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Very good coaches, but one thing that jumped out at me as I was watching them prepare for the, the upcoming game was that as they were watching the the video for the on, on the opponent, they didn't have end zone copy. And I, I asked the coach if that was normal. He said they didn't really exchange end zone copy all the time with the the other team. Now he said they we do video end zone copy in practice. I'm not sure, you know, your past year you've been coaching high school football in Texas, it may be different than that. But if you're in a situation where you don't have an end zone copy of your opponent, that, that's got to make it pretty tough. Am I wrong about that? No, you're, you're exactly right. The, the end zone copy is, that's what the, the Mike linebacker needs. Uh, if he has the end zone copy, he can go to work. He can uh, begin to look at 
just little things that the offense is constantly talking to you about. And you can see eyes. You can see how closely their their alignments are, their their staggered stances. It, 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 there, there are a lot of little things. There's a lot of information in the end zone copies. And if you can't get those, uh, it, it really does put you at a disadvantage. So that that was kind of my lead up. And obviously, I, I figured you would answer it that way. But my, my lead up to this question is that if you're in a situation and you don't have it, so you're in practice and you, the coach, have you know done your due diligence and, and essentially you've drawn up that box we were talking about, whether it's zoned, whether they primarily are, are zoned in one way or the other, whether they got guard pull, uh, whichever way, and you've got your tendencies. Take, take us, and I know you have to go here, but as a high school coach and you're coaching the Mike linebacker and you're in practice, what drills, and it may be as, as small as walking through, seeing it, first step and all that, how, how would you train the Mike linebacker in a, in a game week as far as his first steps or whatever off of the reads he's going to get uh, in practice? The, the most important thing that I think you can teach a, a linebacker, period, particularly in today's game, is the first couple of steps. I call them pop steps. It's just a pop-pop is what I call it. And it's basically the, the Mike linebacker or all the linebackers just basically taking that, that first step where you're not committing. You're just kind of popping in place. And that pop-pop allows you to not cheat yourself. It allows you not to take steps in the wrong direction. Because once you take a step and you commit, you're that much further behind. Now they can get that counter on you. Now they can get that power on you. Now they can, they got the misdirection on you. They're going to run the bubble. And you already took a step to that pulling guard. So after... 1,001, 1,002 in today's game, that's really when the play starts. And if you've already taken yourself out of it by taking a, a critical false step, then uh, nine times out of ten, you're going to be behind. I don't care how fast you are. I don't care what you do. They already have the angles on you. Coach, if you will, before, uh, before you take off here, and uh, I know you're actually coaching right now, so appreciate you giving us as much of your time as you have today. Let's just take uh, maybe an over front and the Mike linebacker. You're, you're playing the Mike linebacker, or coaching the, the Mike linebacker, and you've got a situation where you've got a, a double team on the free technique to your left, and the, the center's cutting off the shade, and the, and the guard pulls across. So just based on that, you're the Mike linebacker, and we'll draw this up for our listeners and where they can go take a look at it on first down playbook. And also on USA Football, what what would your what would your footwork be on that, Coach? The first thing I'm going to do on that is, you know, it, it depends on what defense we're running. Are we just running a straight four three? Are we running a Tampa two? Are we running a cover one? It's it's going to start with the coverage because I got to make sure as a Mike linebacker, if I've got coverage, I got to make sure that that I, I'm careful about what I'm what I'm seeing and what I'm reading. But the, the first thing I, I want to do, let's say, for instance, I'm playing a zone, uh, a zone defense just to cover two. In that situation where I've got a, it's a over left, close left, strong left. So when they double team that three technique to my left, I'm thinking, okay, right now that Sam linebacker should be coming, attacking as tight as he can the outside hip of that tackle. 
to his side, to the to the left side. As he's attacking that outside hip, the Mike linebacker has got to get ready to come right off of that Sam linebacker's tail because the Sam linebacker is going and he's going to blow that guard up. He's going to blow the play up. Now the Mike linebacker is trusting that Sam linebacker to come and blow that play up, coming off that tackle. Now the when that Mike linebacker comes off of that Sam linebacker, that play should be done. The only thing for that, that running back to do is be able to hit that A-gap. And that's where the will linebacker has to come right now to that A-gap because that's where the cutback is going to be. And uh, so we've got that play dead to the water. The, the will linebacker has to make sure that as he's coming, he's reading the body language of, of that quarterback because if it's an RPO, and all three linebackers are on that power play, and he raises up and throws that, that bubble outside, that real linebacker needs to be ready to go and break on it. So he's got to be careful not to overcommit, but pop, pop, that pop, pop step, because it's all going to come out really fast. If you haven't taken any false steps, you got a chance to have a really successful play. Coach, that's great. That's it, it's a uh, podcast and, and doing it visually. I'm, I'm sitting here as a coach, shutting my eyes, and I can see exactly what you're explaining. So that that's perfect. And, and like I said, we'll get that drawn up for the for the coaches as they're listening. Well, Coach, I as personally, I can say working with you through First Down Playbook, one of the proudest things I am about our company is the fact that you you kind of found us. I, I don't know. If there's anybody in the game that I have more respect for as far as not only just as a player, but also as a coach and, and really just a, an ambassador for the game all the way through the Hall of Fame and, and whatnot. So it's a big-time honor to have you on here today. We, we really appreciate it and wish you the best with your high school season as you finish up and also in the, uh, in the new Alliance League where you're the head coach in Memphis. Well, I thank you very much. I'm going to need every bit of luck I can get, every bit of blessing I can get, and uh, we'll go from there. But I appreciate it, Charlie. Yeah, Coach, thanks for taking the time. It was great to have you here. And uh, like Charlie said, good luck with the rest of the high school season and good luck to you in the Express. Thank you very much. God bless. Well, Coach, you know, we said at the beginning, we were excited to hear the perspective of of Mike Singletary, especially as we picked his brain about some of the the modern things we're seeing in offense today. All the trend is, is RPO and thinking about how you defend it and he certainly didn't disappoint in giving us some details and perspective on both how you play that position and coach that position right now. No, he did not. And, and some some of the things I thought was, were probably going to be said, meaning we were talking about the, the box, you know, the guard center, guard box, and, and staying within yourself there. But But at the same time, I think that his playing career and his passion for the game – that I, I mentioned at the onset of this podcast is it, so deep that even now with the RPOs and everything that, that are going on, he is a student of the game and he has really carved out a niche that's a little bit, maybe a step further than, than just the keys. And it, it, it even surprised me a little bit to where he talked about even now at, at, in the day where that ball, when it, it snapped, it's not even clear to the offense whether it's going to be a run or a pass. Coach is still talking about if you will study that team prior to lining up against them, you will have a pretty good idea uh, based on what you've seen, uh, what's going to happen with that football play. And so that was, that was a little bit surprising to me. 
Well, I liked what he had to say, and you know, I picked his brain about having those players in a system. And I know that he was going to give us some kind of answer like that, but I think it's important to emphasize. We get, well, shoot, Charlie, I could get into first down playbook with what you guys do and go every direction and get get excited about all kinds of plays, but at the end of the day, we have to set our players up for success. And the best way to do that is to have them within a system where everything works together, that there's that the the front is working with the back end, the, the defensive line is helping the linebackers and vice versa, that it all fits together in a certain way so that it makes the job of each player who is in that system easier. And, you know, Coach pointed some of those things out to us. Yes, and when we started talking about a scheme where we had the double on the three, pulling the guard, it was interesting that right off the bat, Coach pointed out, well, you, you really haven't given me enough information about the defense I'm running. It is, are, are we playing too deep, playing Tampa two? Are we playing man coverage? Are we, are we dropping a safety down? Uh, all of those type things uh, come into play. And it, it, what you just said is exactly right. And I want to um, just point out that with first down playbook, we, we talk about that a lot. With over 35,000 plays and, and defense, the special team schemes and first down playbook, uh, you don't want to, if you try to run everything, you're not going to be very good. So we want you to take what, little bit that you want to coach and teach and, and go from that. But back to, back to coach Singletary, uh, you know, it, it, you mentioned it in the onset of the podcast, a unique situation where you are the best Mike linebacker to play ever have played the game. And now you may be coaching someone and I hope it's not, I hope it's not to this degree, but maybe they have the ability of, of Charlie or something like that. And so I think that, that was very revealing as, as coach went through and was very honest about it. it's, it's tougher these days. You know, it's tougher to, to know when the ball is snapped exactly what the play is going to be. And, and he even got to the point to where he started talking about that sometimes you can't trust those keys that maybe he's trusted for 30 years. So that, that was unique when I, when I was hearing that. Yeah, I think of the game today and how we used to coach defense where, you know, we would give certain players who are keying different guys and tell them maybe it's a safety like tackles lie but focus on the guard or the corner focusing on what the the receiver's doing. Heck, a, a lot of I, – I know teams who don't even teach receivers a block anymore. I mean, they're just running routes all the time. And, and so the keys are so much harder today. And to give those absolutes becomes very difficult. And I think the game has evolved to – you know, I say it all the time. I mean, we used to play this game a couple decades ago. You, you you could play it in a hallway. You know, you're running a lot of stuff off tackle, running mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in the box. That's just how the game was was played. And and now it's it's more from the you know just a physical you know pound people type of game to a thinking man's game. You do need to understand what's the situation you're in, and you know. What's happening, like Coach mentioned, on second and six, now they're probably going to run RPO a little bit more. So, you know, I don't want to go flying in there blindly to stop the run because the ball is going to be in a seam right behind me if I do that. So there's a lot more you need to think about today. But it comes back to that idea of we have to study the game and prepare our players and put them in a position to win. We don't want to bog them down with information, but we need to give them the keys to the game to make them successful. Exactly. And then the, the other thing that he mentioned with his pop steps, probably as, as much as an overstep in 1985 could get you in trouble, 
when he was playing with the Bears, one or two steps in the wrong direction these days gets you in a whole world of trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that, that ball, that, that, like you just said, that ball's probably getting ready to get thrown right behind you or, or something like that. So, uh, still the fundamentals matter. It's, it's diagnosing. Coach always talks about every offensive player, every offensive play tells a story. And to me, that's what I always think about when I think about him because I know that prior to the game and also as that game is going on, as he's playing, as he's coaching somebody to play Mike Linebacker, that's that's what he's talking about. He's talking about don't leave a stone unturned about that offense because if you do, it might be the very one that you need, the very key that you need to give you an advantage on that play. Well, Charlie, that was uh, great to have him on the podcast and, and pick his brain about some of those ideas. We will be putting up some of the diagrams of his fronts. And, and I mean, in terms of the detail, uh, what you've created there with, with coaches, outstanding. So we'll have some of those fronts and assignments and alignments up there on both First Down Playbook and on blogs.usafootball.com with our show notes. Tell our listeners a little bit about some of the things you've done with Coach Singletary there on First Down Playbook. Coach has come to us, and we, we've actually done some playbook work for Coach himself. And so what we'll do is we'll put up some of the fronts. It's pretty generic, but but it'll be a reference to what some of the things that we talked about today. And we'll put that up at blog.firstdownplaybook.com as well as the USA Football website. Charlie, we're planning on a couple more of these here before we wrap it up, at least for the end of 2018. I look forward to our last couple here as well as what we're going to do in 2019. Appreciate all the work you've put into this and getting us some great guests here and for sharing some of these ideas with coaches out there. Oh, it's been great. Anytime you can get together and talk ball, it's fun. Just want to just take a second before we get off here just to say good luck to everybody and best wishes to the coaches in the playoffs and the players that are in the playoffs and uh, happy holidays to everybody as we head into Thanksgiving. listening just another great one there from coach singletary and charlie quinter who joined me as our guest host check out all charlie is doing at first down playbook just does a tremendous job in creating resource for coaches there that has just about any play you can think of drawn up offense defense special teams uh, every game type whether that's flag six-man football all the way to 11-man football charlie does it all again it's firstdownplaybook.com Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski for more updates about the podcast.